Welcome to Talk is Jericho, the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And here it is, the four-star restaurant quality Duff McKagan joke of the week. Chris Jericho, Duff McKagan calling me. Well, guess what, man? My wife left me because I'm insecure. Oh, wait, she's back. She just went to the grocery store. <laughs> okay, good. Thanks, bye. All right, that was a good one. Well done, Duff. Thank you for taking the time every single Friday to call in the joke of the week. And thanks to all of you who took the time to watch Winnipegers Live uh, last night with the True or Farce Challenge. It's still up now, Facebook Live and my YouTube channel. Go check it out. It was very, very fun, hilarious. We love to go live. And every Thursday night, you will see another episode of the Winnipegers. And today, it's another episode of Talk is Jericho. And I've got the Queen Slayer, Anna J, Dark Orders number 99. And you hear all about why Brody Lee gave her 99, what it means, and how she found out about it. She's also talking about joining the Dark Order, learning from Brody, and how hard it was to keep a straight face while filming all of those classic BTE vignettes that made them all famous. She also talks about the Dark Order's future without Brody and what she hopes will happen. Of course, you'll hear her journey to AEW, which started at the Nightmare Factory in Atlanta, QT Marshall's uh, facility. How the initial pandemic shutdown gave her the opportunity of a lifetime. I know when I was there. And what it was like to make her Dynamite TV debut after having only a few matches under her belt. She talks about tagging, tagging with Tay Conti, being coached by Dustin Rhodes, and what she hopes to accomplish in 2021. So let's go. She's the star of the show, number 99, Anna Jay. Talks now on Talks Jericho. So I've been wanting to have Anna Jay on Talks Jericho for a while. And this is like a perfect time for it because especially when we're taping this last week was our was our Brody tribute. And I found that like everybody involved went the extra mile. Mm-hmm. And it was probably your best match to date. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I can't remember who the match was against, but I remember you did a great job. Was Thank it- you. It was me and Tynara versus Brits and Penelope. Gotcha. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So did you feel like some extra um, inspiration for that match? Yes. It was like a different sort of pressure for that match just because that day it wasn't just about the wrestling. It was about honoring him and his family. Mm -hmm. So I felt like, you know, I obviously had to do good and being in the Dark Order, too. So it was a different kind of feeling, but it was a good feeling. It was everyone wanted to put on a good show. So it was I'm glad that we did that show, Mm -hmm. but it was good. It was a good kind of adrenaline for that. Good kind of um, like therapy and I won't say closure, but it was a real kind of a cool like everyone coming together in yeah. honor of him? It was. It was really cool. Like I said, I'm glad we all did it together. I feel like it was really good that we did the show. And it was good that the family was there too. Mm. And good seeing them and everyone just being super loving towards everyone. So what was Brody's influence on you? Because and we'll talk about your whole history here in AEW. Mm-hmm. But he kind of came in as the leader basically when you came in as part of the Dark Order, correct? Yeah, so actually it was in the Atlanta tapings that I made my debut versus Sheeta before being signed. Right. And that was where he made his debut too. So I remember there being talks of me joining the Dark Order, but it didn't happen until about two months later. So, But I did meet him that day. So I was mm-hmm. thinking like, you know, I'm not sure how I'm going to play my role in the Dark Order, but it ended up working out perfectly. So I've known him since I got signed. So it's cool because I've been there the same amount of time as he had. Mm-hmm. So what kind of like influence and, and advice and just being around him and learning? Oh my gosh, yeah. No, it was great. First off, he was super welcoming. Um, and then being the only girl too, it's like with all those guys. But he was super nice, um, super helpful with my character too, like telling me how I should portray myself. And he also helped me, you know, get people to be interested in what I was doing, which helped a lot. He gave me the Queenslayer 99 and then I think I mentioned too on Twitter the other day, it's like he would always watch my matches and every segment that I did too. And when I would come to the back, he would tell me what I should do differently or if I did good or what I should fix for the next time. So he helped a lot. Talk about the, so where did he get the idea for the Queen Slayer nickname? Honestly, I don't know. So <laughs> I didn't even know that he was going to call me the Queen Slayer until we were alive and he did it in the ring. And I was like, oh, okay. And then everyone, it just kind of caught on. So I didn't even know he was going to. Had no idea. It's funny because obviously Kingslayer is something that's used quite a bit. I know. Never heard Queenslayer. That's great. I know. And everyone on Twitter was saying the same thing. Like, oh, well, there's Kingslayer. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, oops. (laughs) How about 99? Yeah, that was cool too. So I didn't even know about that until um, his Unrestricted interview came out. He never even told me. And it's funny because in the interview, he literally said, it only matters to me. So he never even told me that's what it was for. But now to know that, it's 
crazy and it's cool and I'll keep that with me forever. What does it mean? 99 Wayne Gretzky, the <laughs> hockey player, which I don't know much about hockey, right. but obviously he was a huge fan. Um, and then I guess the great one. So mm -hmm. that was, like I said, it's an honor to have that number, even though I think people were confused. Like, why is she 99 and everyone else is like one through 10? Yeah. Because everyone cool. in the Dark Order has a number attached yes. to them. Yeah. Did you even know who Green Wayne Gretzky was at first? No. <laughs> Honestly, no. But why being from I, the yeah. South, you know, we don't really watch hockey. Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly, especially for how old you are compared to Gretzky. Yeah. You True. know, it's funny because a lot of people thought like there's a really older show from like the 60s called Get Smart, mm -hmm. and the, the, the female agent was Agent 99. Yes, I got so many tweets about that. So and to that, be honest, like I said at the beginning, I didn't know if that's even what it was from, so I was like, I'm not going to confirm or deny, so I just <laughs> did it until he came he, out with the he interview. Explained, did he ever explain? Oh, during on Strictly. But he yeah. never told you that. Never told me. No. So let's talk a little bit about 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 the dark order first of all because the original idea was mm -hmm. to put you like in some kind of a mask yes right oh so yeah talk about that concept. so the original mask was actually one that you see like all the other guys wearing so the full-on mask the tie in the back and everything i still have it at my house it's they bedazzled it for me and everything and then you know as soon as i went to wear it they were like no don't do that we're going to do a different one so then i think charlie ramon went to like some stored to get me one of those cardboard masquerade masks they bedazzled that for me i wore that i think once to the ring or twice maybe and well, kind of like those costume ball yes literally masks, right? with the yeah. string <laughs> so i think i wore that a couple times and then i think tony Khan ended up being like no this is what not was the concept behind behind having you wear a mask in the first place you know i think it's just because a lot of the guys wore masks and they just wanted me to kind of have the look of that they didn't really ever say why, really, because I think they went back and forth a lot on whether or not they wanted me to. Then they did the half mask, and then I think totally kind of the uh, eyes wide shut was the movie I was thinking of that has all those uh -huh. masks. I think one of the ideas originally I remember hearing was that like rather than just bring you in as a typical you know uh, diva or whatever the word mm -hmm. is, to, like you know they're going to shame you for being a pretty girl, so put you under a mask. Yes, yeah. yeah, no, actually, I did hear that. You're right. right. And then they ended up doing a vignette that was kind of going along with that, and me being the typical diva or whatever. And then they scrapped that. Yeah. So it kind of ended up making sense for them to scrap the mask too, because it kind of went a different direction. I remember us talking about that. It's like it doesn't really work, you know. I know. Interesting idea. Yes, it is, but I feel like it worked out just how it should have mm -hmm. so it's good now <laughs> so how was it when you like you said you're the only girl and I, you mm -hmm. might have known a couple of guys because alan angels and vance are from your school from atlanta and we'll talk yep. more about that but you're in there with Stu and, and evil uno and then of course there's brody and silver like did you feel awkward at first did you feel cool about it i mean i was excited uh it was good that i did know vance and alan angels but i also was worried because i'm like you know i'm so new they're probably like, who is this girl? Like, why is she in our group right. kind of thing? Um, but it ended up being good, and everyone was super nice. They even said, too, they're like, yeah, we didn't really know because we didn't know much about you because I didn't have that many matches under my belt. Mm -hmm. So at first, I think they probably were a little skeptical, but um, now it's like we're a family, so it's good. One thing that a lot of the guys have said is that BTE really kind of brought everybody together. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. This, a lot of laughs on there. Yeah. But so yes. kind of what was your role on the, on the show? Because I've watched a few of them mm -hmm. lately of – Brody and his papers and basically just <laughs> bullying everybody. Whenever we would do them, normally I was kind of like the bitch, really. Now it's a little more lenient because um, we're a little nicer now, but right. it's more funny. But every time I would be the serious one and bullying Stu, that was kind of my role. And then whenever Brody would be on them yelling at all the guys, he wouldn't want me to be in those because he was like, I don't want to be yelling at you, so you're not going to be in this one. So Nice. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of the bitchy one that, when he wasn't around. Yes, exactly. Are you doing something with John Silver now on BT? Kind of. It's kind of like happened like that, but we don't really know where we're going with it yet. <laughs> I don't know. Is it stuff that you guys come up with on your own? Yeah. It's all like either last minute or a lot of the times um, Alex and Silver come up with a lot of the ideas and then we'll just kind of pitch back and forth right before we film how we're going to do things. Mm -hmm. So it's normally them though and then kind of a combination of everyone. So, I mean, it, obviously the, the, the loss is still huge, but is what do you think the Dark Order will do now? Oh, goodness. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, I hope we stay together at least for a little while. Uh, I think now we're even more like a family on screen and off screen. So I feel like we kind of have to go in that direction, you know, on BT and on Dynamite. Mm -hmm. So I don't really know if we even really know exactly what we're doing, but that's what we think. Probably, probably nice guys now. 
Well, so I mean, like, how could you not be, right? Yeah. I mean, you could have maybe a, a breakup within the faction, but overall, it's like the 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 legacy of Brody and yeah. you know the history and his his story and his family. It's like it'd be hard to kind of be yeah. healing it up after that. Yeah, I don't really know how people are gonna boo. Mm-hmm. You know. So. So what's it like? Because uh, another uh, really cool. You mentioned Taya, Taya, mm-hmm. Tay. Everyone wants to say Taya. <laughs> I know. I know. Girl named Taya, right? But you guys have a really cool kind of alliance and a partnership and, and kind of how did that start? Yeah, so it started whenever she came uh, to one of the Dynamite shows. Um, it was before the women's tournament and I actually ended up introducing myself to her and she was by herself. She didn't know anyone. Mm-hmm. And I know how that felt. So I was like, oh, let me go talk to her. And so we actually ended up hitting it off in real life and being really good friends. And then they told us, you know, oh, y'all are going to be tagging for the women's tournament. So that ended up working out really good. We had good chemistry in and out of the ring, so it worked out. Um, and then it just kind of went from there. I feel like we kept it going by ourselves. So then it was kind of, it worked out for us to do it on screen too. And it's still working out that way. Mm-hmm. So Had you heard of her before? Yes, okay. I had. We actually had followed each other on social media before she came over here. So we both knew about each other, but I didn't know she was actually coming to watch Dynamite. Mm. So. It's cool because you guys have, well, I know she has a little bit more experience of training and stuff, but as far as in-ring experience, it looks like you're fairly similar, mm-hmm. but you're both better than the amount of matches that you had. Well, you, thank you. You can tell that in the ring. Her style is very much more vicious and hard-hitting, and yours is a little bit more theatrical, but mm-hmm. it's a great team. Yeah, it's cool. I feel like we have different styles, like you said, so it's kind of cool when we tag together. Like Even this past Wednesday... When we tagged, it was like she has her judo style, and mine's definitely more theatrical and storytelling, so it works out. You need a name. For our tag team? Yeah. Tay Ah. Tay-J's our name. Okay. It, the fans gave us that, so it worked out, but it's like, wow, that actually sounds great. <laughs> it yeah, works. It does. It's like a Benefer type thing, uh-huh. right? So let's talk about how you got into the wrestling business to begin with, because I know a little bit, but not really mm-hmm. down deep, because you mentioned that there haven't been a lot of... Uh, you don't have a lot of experience per se. Mm-hmm. So when did you start? How did you get into it and all that sort of thing? So I've watched it growing up. I always wanted to do it. There were no schools around where I'm from. I'm from Brunswick, Georgia, South Georgia. So I would always look and nothing. So I ended up going to college there. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, and then one of my family friends, Glacier. Ray. He, yes, Ray. Ray. It's my aunt and uncle. It's my uncle's best friend. So kind of like my uncle too i just kind of say that since since when like when did you meet him uh met him this when like they told me about the wrestling school and about they told him they said you know our niece loves wrestling has always wanted to do it and he was kind of like oh okay like is she serious about it though because you know people can say they want to wrestle but especially especially like like a like a girl like yourself Mm -hmm. right a lot of like girls think a lot of guys too yeah i'll just give this a try and it'll be easy and i'll make a million dollars and exactly actually do it and it's a different story yeah so i think he was really like okay is she serious so then he said, you know, tell her to come up to Atlanta, try camp, uh, the school that him and QT have. It was the power factory at the time. So I went to the camp, had never stepped in a ring before, so it was really intimidating. Christopher Daniels was actually there as a coach for the camp. Hmm. I loved it, even though I had no idea what I was doing. I still didn't step in the ring at the camp. It was more like me watching and kind of seeing if I wanted to do it. So I talked to QT afterwards, and he was, you know, saying, finish out your semester at college, come up here when you can train. And, you know, if you end up wanting to do it, you can make the move. And so I was like, okay. So I stayed with him and his wife a few times uh, during the span. It was 2017. And I loved it. And I was like, you know what? This is what I want to do. I have to do it fully if I want to. So I made the move, you know, stopped college. I went for two years. Um, what were you taking in college? Uh, communications. Something oh. basic. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I have I have a degree in communications. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. I was good. majoring in journalism, but it was all like PR, advertising, radio, television, all that sort of so thing. So that's what I was going to get into if, for not this. Which kind of helps in this mm-hmm. field. It does. So yeah, I made the move uh, in summer of 2017 to train full time. I'm sorry, 2018. Mm-hmm. 2017 is when I went to the camp. I uh, moved in 2018. And started training full time, and that's where it started. How uh, so how far you said you're from Brunswick? Yes, Brunswick, Georgia. I know like almost every little town in Georgia. I've never Do heard you? of that one before. It's actually only an hour from here. Oh, hour from okay, so yes. real South Georgia. Yes, really like, South kinda... Georgia, like the beach, South Georgia. So my family now lives on Saint Simon's Island, which is on the beach. Is that like kind of closer to Savannah, sort of thing? It's right in between here and Savannah, so it's like yeah. an hour both ways. So how was that moving to the big city? Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, I love it. The only thing that's different is traffic Mm -hmm. that I don't like. I mean, and I, of course, miss the beach. 
but I love it. I so really it like, like it. You're a country bumpkin going to the big city. No, for the first no, time. but everyone here seems to think I am. I don't know. I guess my accent's thicker than a yeah, lot of yeah. people, but no, it, it wasn't like that. So when you did you know anything about about Glacier's past and know what he had done? So I mean, not really until mm-hmm. I knew him, um, just because that era and stuff i really was not watching uh of course like my dad who was a fan like he knew about all that kind of stuff and so he would always fill me in about stuff um but no i didn't until i knew him and then looked into it mm. so you were a, f- a fan when you grew up though you said mm-hmm. yes which guys or like girls did you like uh love the bella twins i always say that i mean of course people are like oh of course you do but that is what got me into it because mm-hmm. i was like you know i see them and think they can do it i can do it so but they did a great job too of kind of expanding their whole fan base with total divas and total mm-hmm. bellas like they really were smart from the moment they got in yeah to do for that. sure they are and they were you know good at yeah branding themselves and you could see that and i feel like it started a whole different era did you watch total divas i did yeah. um not so much later on but when it first started i did did you ever go to a wwe show i did and jacksonville actually when they were here it was just one of their live shows mm-hmm. and she was there nikki bella so that was cool i got to see her i was in i think it was my freshman year of high school mm-hmm. i went so we're going to talk about your wrestling training, what those first sessions were like for you, Anna. But first, I want to say thanks to Magic Spoon for making breakfast delicious and fun again. I never thought I'd be eating as much cereal as I have been the last year, and it's got nothing to do with the pandemic. I had given up cereal because most of it is so filled with sugar and other things that aren't great for you. But then Magic Spoon came along and changed everything. You guys know that blueberry is my favorite flavor. But I'll tell you that the new Cinnamon Magic Spoon is a close second And now that you can build your own custom Magic Spoon box, mine is filled with only blueberry and cinnamon. You can choose the flavors you like best, like cocoa or fruity, or maybe the peanut butter. But sometimes I add frosted Magic Spoon in my custom box for kids. They really like that flavor. Create your own custom combination at magicspoon.com slash Jericho. Magic Spoon is zero sugar, 11 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs per serving. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. And it tastes absolutely amazing, honestly. So go to magicspoon.com slash Jericho to build your own custom variety box. And be sure to use my promo code Jericho at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident that you'll uh, enjoy their product as much as I do. They'll get back to you with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason... They will refund your money, no questions asked. Give it a try. Have a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal to start your day. Go to magicspoon.com slash Jericho. Use the promo code Jericho to save $5 off your order. We thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring Talk is Jericho and for being the breakfast of Le Champion. So how was it for you when you first, like you said, you first go to training? And did you pick up and move right away? Um, I think... Yeah, I still have the video on my phone. I think I was did like a headlock takeover the first time I was there. Um, and it was in a super stiff ring. It's terrible. But yeah, I did that, like locking up, basic stuff. But I'm um, trying to think. I think that was the only thing that I learned the first time I was there. So, but like I said, before your first day of camp, like did you pack up oh. all your stuff and move to Atlanta or just kind of still go back and forth? So the camp, I went just for the day. I literally drove back from Atlanta gotcha. to Brunswick that day. So it was like five hours there, five hours back. And then I think it was the following month is when I went back to train. So I drove every time to train in between January and June. I ended up moving in June full time. So for about five, six months, I drove. You're driving back and forth? Yeah. I mean, not every weekend. I would probably do at least one weekend a month. I think I tried to do two but I think there was some that I was one, but I tried to at least like keep going just so I would remember everything I was learning. Was there anybody else that was training with you there that we would know? So Vance was there. Alan was there. They were there from the very beginning. Obviously QT. I'm trying to think. I think that was pretty much it from the beginning. Um, of course, now there's a lot of people who train there that are here, but they were there when I first started. So when did you have your first official match? Oh, goodness. My first official match was in 2019. It was in October, and my tag partner was QT. And we were against two people from my school. And it was actually in Brunswick, Georgia, where I'm from. Wow. Which was weird because I'm like, really, there was no wrestling here ever. And I make my debut here. Was that a coincidence or did they just because of you? It was because of Glacier. Um, oh. He 
does a lot to do like in the town there and stuff and so he wanted to do some benefit show it was for like one of the high schools um and so a lot of our students drove down to do the show and it just so happened that i was just gotten cleared from my shoulder sur- surgery mm. so i made my debut then was it like was your parents there and your friends there yes already? it was weird I'm like really and then i actually cut a promo that night too i'm like this is a lot for my debut <laughs> were you always anna J? yes i was but i was with two wise when i Fancy. first started yeah does your last name start with a j or something yeah or? jernigan jernigan mm-hmm. oh there you go yep so um you mentioned that 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 you had a shoulder injury do i think why do i know this so that was october of 19 so that's when we had already started dynamite mm-hmm. maybe i had met you somewhere before maybe I I saw you or maybe qt also maybe you've mentioned something it. like that yeah. so what did you do your shoulder so i tore my labrum and chipped off bone it was kind of a long process, though, because I the first time I dislocated it, I was actually just sliding out of the ring after a drill, and it just popped out. I had to go to the emergency room and then put me to sleep, put it back in and everything. Um, I stayed off of it for like a month. Uh, then I ended up going back to training, trained for a few months, ended up popping out again, and that's when I tore my labrum. Uh, so then I was out for like a good seven, eight months mm. with surgery and everything. So that sucked. That's but a long, that's a long, hard, that's a tough injury. It is. It was tough. And I was like, gosh, I really don't know how this is going to, like, I hope my other shoulder is okay. And I always mm. think about that, but you know, I'm kind of glad it happened because it kind of taught me like, okay, stuff's going to happen. Got to keep moving. Was it with your left arm or your right arm? My right. So I broke my right arm and oh, it was the worst. Wow. Like trying to put your hair in a ponytail. Oh my gosh. It is driving. the worst. <laughs> Automatic Literally, even like yeah, washing your hair. Oh my gosh! Put on deodorant on the yes. My 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 uh, lats smelt really good, but my armpits I couldn't quite reach it. It's terrible, <laughs> terrible. I couldn't lift my arm. I think for six weeks is what they told me. So you're fairly new to the business at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Was that something as well that kind of kind of made you question like, do I really want to do this? Not me. No, of course my mom was like, All right. I don't know. Like, if you don't want to do this, like, you don't have to. Like, I think she felt like maybe I just didn't want to say it. Mm. But I was like, no, like, this is what I want to do. I can't give up now. You know, it's one injury. And you see people, I mean, unfortunately getting injured a lot. So I was like, no, this is not this is not it. So I would a real gut check, though. It really is. It is. And it sucks, too, because I was just getting momentum to debut. I think Mm. I was about to on an indie show. And then that happened. I was like, oh, goodness, I was just getting started. So it sucked. But I just had the surgery and then I would go to training every day and just watch even though I couldn't do anything. What did you do when you were like growing up? Like like did you do any kind of song and dance or plays or anything like that? Yes, it I did. like the type, yeah. Dance. Uh but I would do like ballet shows and oh. stuff like that. So that was the theatrical part for me. Mm-hmm. But then yeah, I did dance competitions for like 16 years from 2 to 18. Wow. Yeah. So what did your mom say when you told you wanted to be a wrestler? She actually, they've been cool with it ever since the beginning. Yes. I mean, I'm sure they were in their head kind of thinking, I don't know if that's actually going to work, but they've totally been supportive over since I told them in like middle school. Yeah. I don't think my mom ever really understood. My dad did, (laughs) but I remember my mom like, like still kind of like really Mm -hmm. wrestling. Someone's like telling me you want to be a mime in the circus or something like that. Yeah. If you don't really know the wrestling world, it's kind (laughs) of like, uh, but you want to do this since middle school. Yes. That's, that's impressive. Yeah, I loved watching it and just, I mean, my favorite part was the storytelling. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, since I danced, that's not physical, but you're moving. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like, that's the cool part is both. Mm -hmm. You know, I get to do both, tell a story and do something athletic. But definitely the storytelling is my favorite part. You know, it's interesting, too, because I did Dance with the Stars and learned a little bit about dancing, which was super hard, but lots of fun. But I was actually really good at it uh, because of wrestling because of knowing the choreography of how to put together mm-hmm. moves and long sequences and also because I was a musician, so I understand being on the beat yes. and staying either behind it or on top of it. So there is a real connection between dancing and wrestling, which really I don't is. think a lot of people really understand. Yeah, and I remember like early on training, QT would even say like, it's all footwork mm-hmm. and like that's all dancing is, is footwork and just knowing where to be at what time. Yeah. So I definitely, 100%, I think that's why like, I would at least catch on to drills really quickly. I think it was literally because of dance. And selling it too, like especially ballet is very emotive and very in the the, the vibe of the song. Like if they mm-hmm. were thinking like, like a Swan Lake or something, like it's yeah. very emotive. Yeah, it's literally telling a story with your body. Right, 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 right. Which is kind of what we do here. 100%.
So you're, we talk about so October of nineteen. So when did you did you start thinking about like maybe I can get into this AW? Um, you know it's weird. It's obviously there was a connection there, uh, and of course you know you want any opportunity you can have. But I didn't know if I would fit in here if they would want me here. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. it's like I remember you know watching and loving it, but I'm like I don't know if like. The original women's division was a lot different than it is now. It was much more yes. Japanese based and international. If I'm thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, Aja Kong was here and, you know, all these people from overseas. And yeah, it was a little bit different, right? Yeah. And I think that's why I thought that watching at the beginning, it's like, yeah, this is so cool. But I just, I wonder if I would fit in there. If mm. they would, like I said, have a place for me there. So I didn't know. I mean, of course, like I said, I want any opportunity. Of course, but yeah, yeah. at the beginning, yeah, I didn't really know. It was just. Did you ever inquire about having a trial with WWE or anything like that? I didn't. I hadn't gotten to that point yet, okay. just because I guess me being so new. I mean, I debuted and I think came here in what March, and that was the pandemic too. It's like everything was happening so quickly. So no, I never really got to that point. So it was the final, the final, uh, not straw, but what finally got you into AEW to to work in April and eight. Uh, well, I just got asked to come. Well, I was actually in Jacksonville first. I wrestled Penelope on Dark. I got asked to do that. I remember that. That was the first time. And then I think the following week, I remember QT texted me at like Sunday night, like late one night. And he was like, hey, I think we're going to have you back on Dynamite this week in Atlanta. And it'll be live and it'll be against Sheeta. And I was like, oh, shoot. Okay, Mm -hmm. I'll do it. So I I remember the Penelope patch, Penelope patch, the Penelope match Mm -hmm. was good. Because I remember seeing you going like, who is that? Yeah. I think I think when I saw you, it might have been somewhere... um, if you, with Wardlow did some kind of a yes. video and maybe I saw you in the video. Maybe I even mm-hmm. saw you before, like at uh, some television studio where we were filming mm-hmm. and there were DDP's oh, yeah, was there. Do you remember this? Maybe. I was about to say, I know I saw you in Atlanta. Yes, we were filming a video Yeah, and you and Wardlow were filming his video. Yes, yes. Getting makeup done or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Uh-huh. So, so, um, and I, when I saw the dark match, I was like, this actually did really good. Yeah, thank you. And how many matches was that for you at that point? I think that was like my fifth or sixth. That's so amazing. It's crazy. I mean, it really is. And it, obviously, the, the, the dance background mm-hmm. gave you some some confidence. But once again, too, there was no people there. Yeah, either, yeah it's there. so weird. But I will say, I think it actually was not bad for me because I'm not really used to people. Right. So it was kind of like, oh, this works out. And especially in the Atlanta tapings, because that's where I train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, well, it's not that different. You know, it's funny because they were saying, I feel bad for the for the young guys, the young girls with no crowds. Because, you know, like, they're, they're like I said, the youngest, I feel bad for me. Seriously. I've been doing this in front of 10,000 people for 20 years. I, I don't know what I'm going to do. That's true. Mind them. <laughs> yeah. But the Atlanta thing was pretty crazy because that's right when there was the first original kind of nationwide lockdown. Mm-hmm. And just to give the background, I've told the story before, but for those that haven't heard it, is that we had uh, dynamite in Jacksonville here, and I was actually home. I did a vignette with like the release the hounds and yes, Vanguard. Yeah, I remember that. Right. So that week I was supposed to be off, and the next week I was supposed to do like I'll just let me do commentary. There was, it wasn't really much to do, mm-hmm. so I called Tony. I remember like at ten oh five after dynamite, and I said, "Dude, like they're shutting down the country. Like, what, what are we gonna do?" And he goes, "I just like I just wrote six weeks of TV." We're filming in Atlanta tomorrow before, you know, sundown. And I was like, well, I'll be there. And he's like, you'll be there? Like, <laughs> I can't miss six weeks of TV. Like, yep. I can't for myself. There you go. So I, I got there. And then he had, we had 29% of our roster. Mm-hmm. So as is in the business, when a spot opens up, other people can come in and kind of fill it. And that's mm-hmm. where you came in to do the thing with Sheeta. I know. It's crazy. That I got the opportunity because of that. It's like, I don't really know when I would have had an opportunity if it were not for this pandemic. So I lucked out this year. And that match with Sheeta was good too. Well, thank you. Yeah. I remember the finish was really good. I remember just like once again, like how many matches has this girl had? And mm. it's not just me. There's a lot of kind of the critics and yeah. experts are saying that as well. Yeah. That was cool for me. I was, I mean, and she's great. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, I felt like I was in good hands, but yeah, I went good. Especially for me, I think, yeah, I think that was my seventh match. Yeah. And on live TV, I was nervous. Now, when did you, because I think I told you this after that match, I said, you got, we, we got to sign this girl. Yeah. Like, she's really good <laughs> for such limited experience. Mm-hmm. Great look. And you like, because you can tell someone when they're green, mm-hmm. which you are, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. You had good, even like listening or instincts, whatever it was. It's mm-hmm. like, it was really well-timed. And Thank so you. when did you, when did you finally get the offer to sign? That night, uh, wow. yeah, after the Sheeta match, um, 
it was I think Cody Rhodes is the one who came up and offered and I was didn't feel like it was real at all I was like what is going on so yeah it was that night it was really cool so that was live in Atlanta that night yes that night it was wow and then the next day we went on to tape you know everything for the next week that's what it was so it wasn't in jacksonville it was Mm -hmm. in atlanta Mm -hmm. and that's when we did the dogs thing yes so then the next day is when he went to into survival mode yeah so how many did you work a lot on that on those tapings no but i was in the crowd for everyone (laughs) everyone that That was a tiring day honestly (laughs) one of my more tiring days dude i'll tell you what i felt the same way because i had to call like 26 matches it's crazy I can't believe we did that. Looking back now, I'm wondering why you didn't have any matches. Probably just I don't yeah I don't know maybe just me be, still being so crowd. new and yeah. I don't really know if we did did we we did dark but there just weren't as many because we had to film so much in so short yeah, time. I don't think I think that we might have used a couple extra matches, but the mm-hmm. idea was to film six weeks of TV. It's crazy. We only used four, but yes. even still. So now you have the deal, and then of course you're off for a while because all of us were for that month. Mm-hmm. So when did you kind of start back in, in, in AW? Like, was your, were you just doing random matches at first? Yeah, so I think when we came back to Jacksonville, I was not there the first tapings. Then I was there the next. Um, and then that's kind of whenever they went to introduce me to... I had the Abaddon match where she, you know, kind of got me on TV. And then the Dark Order extended their hands to me. And that's kind of when it went up from there. They took you away. Yep, exactly. I, was, I remember the Abaddon match. That was one of the ones where... where was she trying to do some kind of a crazy finish or something like that? Maybe. Times, right? I don't know. We did the uh, Rana yeah, yeah, thing yeah. for On the Knee. Yeah. Yeah. So with all the people that you've worked, because I think Abaddon's probably has a limited amount of experience as mm-hmm. well as, as Tay does as well. Mm-hmm. So who have you worked with here that's really kind of helped up your game? Well, 100% Sheeta. Right. And then I would say this last week, too, it being one of my better matches. I mean, I worked with Britt and Penelope, and they were both great, and everything felt great. So, them, probably. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the AEW Women's Tag Team Tournament. You teamed with Tay Conti. You won a couple matches, I think. I know. But we'll get into that after. Uh, I'm going to tell you how we're finding space in our house for all the new stuff my kids got for Christmas. Mercari. If your house is anything like mine, I know you got a ton of stuff lying around that you just aren't using anymore. Maybe your kids have outgrown it or you upgraded to a newer model. Whatever the case, Mercari is the marketplace app for you. Makes it easy to say goodbye to your unused stuff so that someone else can say hello. It's the simplest way to give items a new life and a new home and to make some cash in the process. All you got to do is download Mercari, take a few pics, add a description, and boom, the item is on its way to being sold. No meetups involved when you sell it. Just box it up and Mercari will email you a shipping label. You can buy and sell almost anything on Mercari, like video game consoles, games, controllers, clothing, phones, tablets, all kinds of toys. And with over 50 million app downloads, your items actually sell on Mercari. Your stuff might be exactly what someone else is looking for. So turn your goodbye into someone else's hello on Mercari. Start buying and selling when you download today from the app stores or at Mercari.com. That's M-E-R-C-A-R-I, Mercari.com, M-E-R-C-A-R-I. It's your marketplace. Go check it out now. Let's talk about the women's tournament because that was pretty, pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, uh, the whole concept of it was great. Yes. And how many? So you guys, did you guys win it? No, you. We had two matches, so we were out in the second round. Mm-hmm. Who'd you work with? Me and Tay wrestled Nyla and Arion the first match. And then we went on to the next round and wrestled Ivelisse and Diamante, which was fun, too. I also feel like that match helped me a lot. Uh, Ivelisse and Diamante, they both have a lot of experience. Um, but, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I don't want to watch them now because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I feel like I've gotten better since mm-hmm. then. I don't even want to see them. But it helps me a lot. And it was a lot of fun. How did they – How did they, uh, you said they helped you a lot because they have more experience. Mm-hmm. In what way? Just – you know, being there in the match, like working with them, it just felt comfortable, more comfortable for me. I didn't, you know, feel as worried, I guess. Mm-hmm. They just kind of, they helped me a lot. You know, it's so interesting too, because one of the things, and I'm just thinking more about this kind of, I mean, we have some crowds now and there's, they're, they're, they're loud and they're fun, but mm-hmm. part of the wrestling experience is going from town to town and state mm-hmm. to state and country to country and being in front of different people and all that sort of stuff. And you're the majority of your career has not had that. No, I not at all. I've been in Atlanta and Jacksonville. Mm. That's it. Haven't gone anywhere else. Wow. And it wasn't even the Atlanta shows with no crowds. Jacksonville. Nope. So what do you think will happen when there is bigger crowds? 
do you feel like like you understand enough now with the limited crowds that we have? I do. You know, I think it's actually good how they've brought the crowd back little by little. Mm-hmm. I feel like that has helped me some because the first actual live match that I've had with the crowd was this past week. Really? Yes. So I haven't even had the experience to like wrestle in front of a crowd. Um, I've either been on a tape show or dark, you know, where we don't have anyone out there. So this past week was really cool. I mean, that was a whole different experience mm-hmm. for me. But I, I think it helps me like understand how you do have to listen to them. Um, but it was cool that it wasn't like so many people, I guess. Maybe that would have been a little bit more intimidating. But yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be great. I'm excited. It was one of our biggest crowds. Yes. So, so did you feel it though? Like you said, mm-hmm. yeah? You felt oh that? yeah, I definitely did. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, me being newer too, I kind of have to tone out certain things and just like have tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. But on certain parts of the match, I could definitely hear and it really does help a lot. Like when you hit a certain move or something? Mm-hmm. Like for the comeback and stuff. I just remember being like, okay, this is really cool. This is different. It, it, it's it's i remember i was working with orange at some point over the summer and he's like did i take too long to do that or did i go too fast and i was like i don't know yeah, like I, you don't know i can't tell like the barometer is always the reaction of mm-hmm. of, of the people you know that's true and it's weird yeah because i haven't had that so that was cool to have that last week the original gimmick that you had i remember when you first got signed was the star of the show mm-hmm. right was that was that the, yes, the gimmick star of the show. for your first five matches exactly yeah it didn't didn't last long <laughs> top hat yes cane. yes and i got that from dance like broadway did you ever... everyone thinks it was uh the magician oh but, no that's like chorus girl like mm-hmm. rockettes type stuff exactly. right mm-hmm. did you ever have any aspirations of doing that no not no. really actually i feel like i knew when i was done dancing i was just done mm-hmm. i didn't never see myself doing anything beyond High school, really. Right, right, right. So let's talk a bit more about BT because we just scratched the surface before. Mm-hmm. Tell me about some of your favorite parts about that show and being involved with it. Oh my gosh, it's the best because, I mean, you know, we probably wouldn't be where we are or liked if it weren't for BTE just because it shows everyone's personality. Um, my favorite parts, probably just John Silver being an idiot. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's hilarious and has all of us laughing. Um, Give me an example. Oh gosh. Well, anytime he says Johnny Hungy, which is typical um whenever he's i don't know if you've seen the one where he yells my name anna just like 10 times in a row and every time i've pretty much broken it's hard not to because he won't stop um, i'm trying to think what else whenever he tries to recruit anyone's hilarious mm-hmm. anything he does is funny really i like the one where they had um uh one guy no it was john silver sitting on alex reynolds and they had brody's jacket on that one was good kind of opened it mm-hmm. <laughs> and it sounded like him too when he came in right 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 it's exactly crazy. so what do you think like now we're talking with dark order do, we, do you want to do more stuff with with tay is that kind of the direction that you want to go to i hope so um i'm not really sure what everyone else's envision is uh, i think you know us being kind of nicer guys now it's working out to where i can do more stuff with her because i think they wanted her to be like completely face Mm -hmm. so um i hope we get to i mean i like tagging with her and it helps me to experience wise um kind of get a better feel and plus like i think it's good to have a tag match every now and then just because i don't know much about Mm -hmm. tag matches because i'm still learning to be a singles wrestler um so yeah i really hope we get to but plus it's fun there's a different psychology between tag and singles wrestling right exactly what's the biggest difference for you I mean, honestly, I feel like for me, the comeback is a lot different. The hot tag, mm-hmm. that to me is cool, um, which I got to do. And I haven't really had a comeback because I've been a complete heel. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. And plus just feeding off of each other and being able to do like double team moves is cool. So I hope we get to. Is this stuff that you guys have talked about? Like I got an idea for double team. Oh, yeah. All the time. We're like, yeah. oh, my gosh, I hope we get to have a tag match so we can do this, this, and this. And then mm-hmm. we'll try out different stuff. But hopefully in the future, we'll continue to have some. Well, I mean, and that's the thing, because the, the one thing is you only are as good as your opponent is, mm-hmm. right? And like you said, you can't work with Sheeta you know, or even even, even Britt every night. Right. Because a lot of times you're working with, like, you know, the, the enhancement girls, the mm-hmm. local girls, that sort of thing. So you're almost now in a lot of ways, like, you're like... Do you, do you put together the match or do you ask for help from your coach? or For like the dark matches? Yeah, for example. Um, yeah, so a lot of the times Dustin's our coach for the women and a lot of times he'll kind of say the layout that he likes or what he envisions for us and then we'll kind of go off and say what we want to do or what moves we want to hit and stuff like that. So it's kind of like half, half and half. 
talk about the influence of Dustin Rhodes because I know he's involved quite a bit mm-hmm. with with a lot of like I know Candy does a lot with Sheeta stuff, but a mm-hmm. lot of your matches and and ties and that sort of thing. Dustin is, is the coach for that. Yeah, so it's cool because you know he's does the training for the women, mm-hmm. so he kind of knows how all of us move and what moves we do and how we wrestle. So. It's cool that he gets to be our coach for the matches because he already kind of has an idea in his head about how everything will work. So, I mean, he's been so helpful to all of us mm-hmm. to, you know, go to training. And he pretty much coaches all the women's matches, like you said, besides Kenny when yeah. it's cheater or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's helped me a ton. And I feel like he's really cares, too. So it's nice to have someone, too, like who knows all your moves, knows what you do, knows what you can do good and help you look good when you go out there. Right. That's important, yeah. especially for me being new. So, But that's also, like we said, as far as the experience level, you have a guy that's helping you put together matches that's got 30 years of experience. Yes, it's crazy. I mean, to imagine someone like him helping me out is, you know, I still don't wrap my head around it, but it's great and so thankful for him. It's funny because I remember he coached the, the girls in WWE for a while. Mm-hmm. He's really good with, with the women. Like in WWE, Fit Finley was kind of the guy that would – really focus on the girls mm-hmm. and dustin is is our you know our fit or our, our, our guy who does that here yes it's amazing he, he, he is a lots of patience shall we say i was about to say he does and like you know of course we're all tough but he's very endearing and like you know he makes it like he really cares so i think it helps us you know since we are women mm-hmm. so it makes it easier to listen and to like hear what he's saying he's very uh personable too so yeah he knows how good. to talk to you guys to get through exactly so talk about, I know a lot of times I'll show up here during the day or the night before and Dustin has a whole kind of a, a training session going on with all the women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Tuesday nights when we get here, uh, he has training. Wednesdays, he'll have training too before Dynamite. Uh, he actually does training for the unsigned girls as well. Really? So yeah, he does like a session from 12 to 1 with them and then the signed ladies train from 1 to 2. Hmm. So he is helping everybody. And then what- like on tapes days, same thing. So I wonder what what does he do for the unsigned session that he does different from the signed session? It's a good question. I don't I'm know. Figure out a way to help. Him I get think a lot of the time, yeah, maybe. I think a lot of the times he'll do the same lesson. Um, he might just do it differently with both groups, but I don't know. What kind of stuff does he does he does he work with you guys on for um, your session? Like today, for example, like a lot of times we are in the ring, you know, physical stuff. But today he talks about timing and just like knowing how to work with time cues and stuff like that and stuff we have to work on. Um, one day, for example, we had to work on strikes just because, you know, that week our strikes looked bad on TV. So it kind of he'll feed off of what happens that week on Dynamite or Dark and kind of go off that for the next week on what we need to work on. There's yeah, a lot of times you guys have one big match with like 10 people all around yeah. and just tagging whoever. I was about to say we do a bunch of tag matches, <laughs> but with everyone. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, but that's you're learning on the fly, which is so cool. Like a lot of people learn – you know, from doing indies for a year or two, or like we said, but you're working with people at your same level. But here, you're hit the ground running, and you're on live TV, and you're training with Dustin Rhodes. So you're getting a lot of good knowledge and exposure from that alone. Oh, my gosh, yeah. It's crazy. It's, you know, and I'm thankful for QT, too, because he definitely set me up for this. But, yeah, I mean, I definitely have all the tools here, but it's like, yeah, I haven't stopped. Once I got signed, it's like, and then the pandemic, I couldn't even work indie shows. Right. So this was all I had besides training. Mm-hmm. And then the training facility was also closed because of everything. So, yeah, it's kind of been winging it, kind of like faking it till you make it type of yeah. thing. But just trying to make the best of every opportunity. But that's not easy to do. I mean, mm-hmm. I think, once again, it sounds like I'm, uh, you know, throwing unicorns and roses at you. But, <laughs> but you know, I've been doing this for a long time and it. To, you did have to like okay go pushing mm-hmm. you off this cliff and either you sink or you fly yeah it's been really cool to watch that because there's some natural talent but to for being so young you have a good mindset of like mm-hmm. knowing that you gotta do this yes thank right you. i think a lot of the thing and this is to dance too i always think of it as like a performance mm-hmm. more so than like the physical part so I always think that I think that's also why I look confident and like have my composure, even if I don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. I think it's more about my performance and that's kind of how I think about mm-hmm. it. It is. And, and not breaking care. If there's mm-hmm. like a mistake or something, no one knows it's a mistake unless you let them know. Yes. And that is one good thing. We talked before we started turning on the mic about how when we do the tape shows – if there's a mistake, it's okay to do it again. Mm-hmm. That's where the edit comes in. Yes, you thank, know. Thank goodness, right? Yeah, but that gives you, a, you know, <laughs> that gives you a, a live without a net. Like I told the story of a terrible botch that we had mm-hmm. that had it been on a live show. 
even I couldn't have fixed it. You would have yeah. had to just go, sorry. Yeah, and that's what I've had to realize, too. It's like stuff is going to happen, unfortunately. Mm. But, but, but once again, like if we were in Hollywood doing a movie or, or something, you do take five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So I don't have a problem mm-hmm. doing it. I wouldn't want to rely on it. Right. And sometimes you see a match where they'll do it again and again and again for no other reason that it wasn't picture perfect. Mm-hmm. That's not the point. Yes. It's just if it's a complete mess up, just yeah. do it again and just switch the edit. I agree. I agree. Do you still do um, a lot of stuff at the school? I do. Um, it's crazy. Like not as much, obviously, as I was. I go there as much as I can. Mm-hmm. There's certain nights too where we'll have like people who are signs trained together, but we're also kind of trying to stay away from everyone at the same time. It's kind of a hard. It's a hard n- navigation here. It's like I don't want to go there with you know I don't know how many people are training twenty people, and it's like I don't know, and then I have to come back here and get tested. Right. So it just right. depends. I try to like make the best decision, but I am still there training, and then it is good to have the training here. Because everyone is tested, so mm-hmm. a lot of the times I'll rely just. It's more on, of a bubble here. Yeah, exactly. That's a great point. It's like it's such a strange time mm-hmm. for all of this, and it makes me laugh too. Though, like, and I get it when when we're you know social distancing and all that stuff, but we are here like sweating on each other, and I like I know we're all tested, and we're all cool, but still, yeah. it's like if anybody was going to have a, a mass outbreak just from from what we do for a living, and mm-hmm. we haven't ever had that. I know. Nor will we? But it's so funny to think about that. It really is crazy that we're still doing this while everything's going on. Which I mean, thank goodness, that's yeah. good. Yeah, but like I said, like we're like, well, you you got too close. It's like you have no idea what to do for a living, man. That's so true. <laughs> we're all rolling around sweating. I know. I think at this point in time too, we're all like about fifty tests in as well. Oh my gosh, I know it's crazy. I'm like, well, I mean, I hope I don't have to miss next week or if something happens. But it's like at this point, like, how long has it been now? Almost a year. It's March 11th. Was our last show in salt lake mm-hmm. city with with people before the lockdown so, so yeah crazy to think about yeah almost almost 10 months we've been getting right? our finger pricked for that long it's the worst too because that those 10 minutes of waiting for the for the test I know. Coming, just like super nervous i'm about to say my anxiety goes through the roof <laughs> so um last couple questions for you so what do you like what are you 30 matches in now 40 matches in um i think i'm under 30 still under 30 yeah maybe around 20 so for Anna J, how do you continue to improve and get better? Uh, well, experience for sure. That's one thing. Um, and like my main goal is definitely just to tell stories, like I said. So it's, you know, I care about the physical part. I need to learn more moves. I need to have more reps. Um, but I just want to keep telling stories. I think that's important. And I think that's kind of what my what I, my place here is for me. Because I know I'm not going to be the best wrestler, so to say but I want to be the best performer. Well, and that's that. Yeah. And that is, uh, there is a big distinction mm-hmm. and it's better to be, in my opinion, a better performer than a better wrestler. Cause mm-hmm. that's what people come to see is the performance yeah. and the stories and all that sort of thing. I agree. How about promos? Do you guys have promo practice? Does Dustin work with you on that too? Yeah. So we've had a couple of those actually at the power factor. We used to do that a good bit. I haven't so much lately, but that, you know, that was also one of my favorite parts, but it's crazy. Like when you come here, it's like, I have to worry so much about the wrestling because I am so new and I'm getting thrown into this. I wish I did more of that because that's another part, you know, that I feel is important for storytelling. Absolutely. So that's something I do want to work on more. So that's a good thing that you said, but, um, not so much lately, but I think BTE also helps just getting your personality out. Even if you're not talking, it's it helps me like because you're more it's a more comfortable setting. There's no pressure. Yes, exactly. So actually, I think that helps some for whenever I will have to, you know. But that that, like, that helps. The most important thing in wrestling is confidence mm-hmm. and knowing who your character is. Yes. And once you got that, you could basically say anything. Yeah, because like, it could, fits. Yeah, I could cut a promo on this bottle of water because you know what you yes. are and what you do exactly and i know too that luther now that he's working at the school his, his he does a lot of promo mm-hmm. you know sessions oh, okay, and practices yeah. yeah so cool last question for you what's your favorite match that you've seen here in aw oh, and what's your favorite match that you had well my favorite match that i've had i definitely would say last week for the brody tribute mm-hmm. um for a lot of reasons definitely because i've improved a lot i think and then it was live that was my first live show and plus it was for you know a cool reason and i feel like it was cool that we all did it together um pure emotion too like yeah you, you were crying at the end and know or at least looking like yeah you about yeah to. i mean it was like i said i think with the adrenaline and just the emotions of that week everyone being upset uh, and i think that's why i was crying more i felt like it was a relief too that i wrestled and i didn't 
completely screw up because <laughs> I didn't want to screw up for that show for sure. Did you have any uh, relationship with, with Amanda, Brody's wife, or, or with Brody Jr.? No, but he always talked about them. So it was like I felt like I knew them. And I, so when I found out the news, I just was hurting for them. Mm-hmm. But no, she's great. I met her over the past um, few weeks, and he's, he is great, too. Oh Talented. Gosh. He's cutting, he was cutting promos like he did one last night on Dynamite against Marco Stunt. It's like, oh my gosh, like that's actually really good. It is really good. We were he's at, got some attitude. We were at the New Year's party and he's running around beating up like, you know, top flight. He's uh-huh. just running just, I'm lucky because I'm his ally. Oh so my he gosh. Won't, he won't fight me. The best. Yeah. What's the best match you ever saw in Dynamite? Oh my gosh, that's hard. That's really hard because I feel like I like different matches for different reasons. Well, look, you give me some examples. Uh, see, because I love like you and Orange Cassidy's like the uh, mimosa matches mm. because it's entertaining and I like that yeah. kind of thing. Uh, wrestling wise, like even like last night, Phoenix and Kenny, it's like that's that's wrestling, yeah, really technical wrestling, which is not necessarily my thing, but I enjoy watching it mm-hmm. because you know it's different. Well, as you said, everybody's different; It doesn't have to be your thing. Yes, you know I mean? um, I'm trying to think of some other matches. Um, I love the dog collar match. You know, yeah. obviously it's because we were in the group and it was kind of, we were more invested in it. But to me, it was super entertaining. And that was really like a rough match. So it's like, that's different for that reason. So it was a great setup for that too, that we should talk about as uh-huh. well. When, when Brody beat Cody five, six weeks earlier, like in five minutes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then there's a huge beat down of the nightmare family by the dark order. Mm-hmm. Talk about your involvement and how that came about. Oh, that was so cool. I mean, that was cool. Yes, and it was a cool segment, and I was happy for Brody like having that segment, and then for all of us to be involved was cool. And then I got asked uh, to choke out Brandy, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm even being involved in this. So that was a really cool moment for me. And then I remember telling um, Aubrey and Tony on Unrestricted that Arn Anderson showed me how to do the sleeper and everything. So that was another cool moment for me. So the whole thing was just like, you know, I didn't believe it. It was Definitely one of the coolest moments of my career so far. I think that was Arn's idea. Yes. Kind of the, the icing on the cake of the beatdown. But here's something you never see, mm-hmm. which is the girl beat up the other girl. Yeah. So that was really cool for me because I was like, oh, my gosh. And, and to Brandy, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. somebody who's like my boss. So that was cool. And then it led to a big, giant women's pull-apart brawl, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Between me and Brandy, too. Whenever they had um, – there was a pull-apart, I guess, with Brody and Cody. Right. And then it was me and her too. So yeah. and everybody, I remember Nyla was in there, yes. and she did front dive on everybody. And <laughs> I remember that. That was funny. <laughs> no, it's it's some good stuff coming up, and like I said, it's it's a, it's a really cool to see how far you've come in a short time. And like I said, we don't even have crowds yet, so no, so crazy. But be, I'm happy to be here. Well, we're happy to have you here. Thank you. <laughs> awesome job. Thank you.